such anticipation for the day there's such anticipation not a unhealthy anxiety it's a healthy anticipation of what we're fixing to step into what we're fixing to be overwhelmed with before church I was just praying and, and uh, just talking to God and you know, our humanity is so wired, especially in our society, to um, take the path of least resistance. Well, let me tell you something. Resistance is good. Resistance is tough on the flesh, but it builds. It builds who you are. Resistance builds who you are. And it hurts. It's painful at times. It's tiring exhaustive but resistance is what we need 2020 has been resistance man every time we turn around every time we turn around especially especially if you call yourself a Christian not that anybody's coming against you it's it's a spiritual fight that we have to go through and as we walk that spiritual path as we walk out our Christianity in our humanity it's resistance. But what do we do? Keep going. Get out of the boat. Walk on the impossible. The impossible is there. It's there. It's here. It's here. Anytime, I'll just say this again. Anytime you ask Holy Spirit to come, He comes. He always does. Always. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Say that with me. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, thank you, Lord. You say, well, don't we carry Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Absolutely. But getting it out into the atmosphere is another thing. Come, Holy Spirit. More God. More God. More God. Curse, can you sing that again? Just that. Chorus. come to you today. We thank you. We praise you, God, for who you are. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your son. We thank you for who you are, Father. God, you're always good. We thank you for that. 
now, God, as we step into this day, as we step in with the first things, the first fruits of our day. Father, we thank you for receiving it. And now, God, we receive your spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The mighty Son of God, King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus. 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 Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Wow. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Tell somebody I'm ready. Tell somebody. Shout somebody shout. Nobody shouted. All right, let's do it. You can have a seat if you want. Can you all give the worship team a hand clap? My gosh, that was so, so, so good. So good. I like a little grit in that guitar too, Bubba. <laughs> That's good. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you all doing today? Good. Good. I want to welcome our Facebook Live and all of our online um, campuses. We call that a campus online. Uh, people joining us from all over the all over the United States and hopefully all over the world. I hope somebody just stumbles onto this. And, uh, and so we, we welcome you, uh, our live audience in, in um, uh, computer land. Anyways, um, tech land. Anyways, man, what a, what a great day today, huh? Y'all can go ahead and bring that stuff on up. Um, what I want to do is something that I forgot to do last weekend. And every first of the month, we like to pray over our finances. And I totally forgot it last week. And I was on and I, I didn't get to do that. So or I didn't do that. So do you all want to do it today? Yeah. All right. Well, we, we do this because um, we do our offerings a little bit different here at Cowboy Church. We uh, don't pass a plate or a hat. We don't take time to, to, to give a little message and, and prepare everybody to give. We, just, we know that God uh, moves in your heart in that way. And I don't want to ever be guilty of manipulation or um, trying to make somebody give, I want you to search in your heart. And if he tells you to give here, give here. You can do it at a box back there, or uh, you can do it online. But if he tells you to give here, be obedient. If he tells you to give somewhere else to another ministry, be obedient. And uh, all, I, all I say is he puts finances into our hands. We got to be obedient. We got to steward our finances well. And that takes listening to God. Amen. So as you have given over the last month and as you prepare to give this month and and move into a time of the holidays and things like that, I just want to pray blessing over over your finances. Amen. So here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. God, I thank you that you're faithful even when we're not. And um, God, you have been faithful to supply jobs. You've been faithful to supply income into all of our households. And Father, I thank you that we don't, we don't do this life in order to, um, to, to, to just get from you. We do this life knowing that you prosper us through your son, Jesus, through his death, through his life, through his resurrection, you have given to us financially. 
And in that, as, as we have stewarded those things, that God, you see our faithfulness and you continue to pour into our lives. You continue to increase in our lives. You continue to increase even when our culture and our society is saying that we're going to take your jobs and we're going to we're going we're gonna to take your money, all that kind of stuff. Father, I just thank you that you continue to pour into us, giving us witty inventions, giving us pathways of gaining in, in, in our personal finances. But Father God, I just thank you so much that you bless us financially. And we will be careful to give you all glory and honor and praise for what you have put in our, in, in our stewardship through finances. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You receive that? Yes. All right. Well, this morning, if you don't know who I am, I'm Darren Gleghorn. I'm the lead pastor here at Cowboy Church. And uh, what, a, um, what an honor it is to, to get to do what God's called me to do and, and get to, to lead and um, be, the, be the father of the house, so to speak, be a, be a patriarch in, in this day and time. And um, it's, it's given me... Um, a great honor to bring leaders around me. Uh, I always heard surround yourself with good leadership and you'll be a good leader. And, um, and I, I have done that. I've done that well. Uh, surrounded myself with spiritual sons and daughters that um, are top notch, are always willing to learn and be corrected and all those kinds of things. And so I get the honor this morning of introdu- introducing CW. He's a spiritual son. He's, he's probably our spiritual firstborn. Um, and he has, um, if you see the scars on his face, he has gone through the, the mill with us. We've, we've put scars on him. We've put, uh, we've put correction and, and stuff into him. And he's stayed. He's been here for how, how long? 17 years? Yeah, it's going on 17. 17 years he's been with us. And uh, what a... I have... I like being around people who are good at everything because I'm not good at everything. I'm kind of, I'm just, you know, I have to work, I have to work at stuff to be good. This guy is a natural at everything he does in, in the, I mean, he's, I remember the night, come on, I'm trying not to take your time, You're good. but, um, I remember the night that, um, he was riding bulls and there was an unridden bull in the string of the guy around here. And he called me and said, I got him rode. What was the name of that bull? Uh, he put me on the spot. Freak, freak on a freak, freak, a, a freak on a leash, freak on a leash, or something like that. Freak yeah. on a leash. He was a he was a nasty, dirty sucker, and this nasty, dirty sucker got on him and put it on him. He called me. He says, "I rode him, nine ninety three points, wasn't it? Ninety two, ninety two points. So he's good at everything he does, and it, and it's um, it's an honor to get to. Thank you release you into this because you're good at everything you do and I'm just looking forward to goodness man thank you so C.W. Wagley thanks guys am I on can we hear you yeah yeah I I, I've never known him to fib but he was stretching it right there like as far as me being good at everything so no I appreciate it pastor um it is such an honor uh it has been fun. It is. It's not. I, maybe that's the wrong word, um, because it's been a journey over 17 years, and um, and our pastors have walked through many tough times with me, and 
cursed me, just me before I was even married. Um, Kirsty's my wife, if you don't know. Um, Trayson, who was playing the cajon, that's my oldest boy. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a journey um, for sure. And when when you get up here, I think about you know I see my kids do it. They put on my shoes, and you know how. They're just slopping around. That's how I feel like when I'm walking up here because the tracks that this man puts in this pulpit is like, if I can even feel half of them, we'll be doing good today. All right? You know what I'm saying? So I just thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor to be a spiritual son. I thank you for trusting me. And so I love you. Um, Another thing. uh, (laughs) So I got to hurry here too. Um, Just real quick. I know there's a lot of new people, and, and um, a lot of the people that's been here, they've known that some of our story, some of me and Kirstie's story. But yesterday marks two, day, two years to when we got the diagnosis with Kirstie that she, was, that she had melanoma. And that started a little, like five weeks basically, of just a attack after attack after attack. And I don't know if I've ever been so thankful of where we're at today because we can look at that as being like such a dark moment in our life. Um, and, she, and she was five weeks later, I mean four weeks later she had surgery, blah, blah, blah. And she, uh, five weeks later we got the verdict that they got all the melanoma out, all that stuff, so she's good. But I don't know if I've ever been so thankful as today to be your husband. I'm so thankful that God heard my cry. I mean, I remember that day, like, she called me and said, Hey, can you, can you come home just real quick? I've got to talk to you about something. I'm like, Okay. I didn't know really what it was. I was close by with work. So I swung over there. And she told me, I remember, and I left there crying. I, I stayed strong with her, but I left there crying because... Um, What was it? Um, 17 years before that, and I look over here, and my little brother's here today too. I still hear the echo of my little brother's cry when he heard that our dad passed away. And so when I left that house, I started crying out to God. I was like, please, God, no, not my wife. Don't let me hear my kids cry the way that I, the way that I hear my little brother still today. And God was so faithful, and I'm so thankful, and I'm honored to be, to be your husband, Kirsten. You're amazing. I'm so thankful that uh, you're still with us. And so, um, man, where should we go? Maybe to prayer, huh? Let's go to prayer real quick. So, Father, we just exalt you. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Father, we thank you for your word, your word being living and true. And, Father, we just ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit just delivers your word today, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you just anoint the words that come out of my mouth, Father. I pray for uh, anointing of my ears, Father, that I could hear you, that if, this, if these notes are not what you want spoken today, Father, that I'd be speaking the words directly from your throne room today, Father. Father, I yield myself to you, Father. Father, we just want you. We come here for you. You're the reason why we're here. So we just exalt you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've been, we've been talking, pastors have been um, talking about revival um, for a couple months now. And... Um, 
personal revival and stuff. And that's exactly, you know, that story. Like it was a catalyst of, of one of the biggest personal revivals in my life was, was the story that I just gave you the, just the skim surface of. Um, dark moment and, and he just lit us up as a family. And um, I'm so thankful of where we're at today. But it was from that personal revival. And so this is something that's so close to my heart, being able to speak on revival. And Pastor Darren's message, is, or last week in his message, he gave the definition of restoration. Revival is restoration of God's Word that becomes an encounter with God's truth. Say that again. Restoration of God's Word that becomes an encounter with God's truth. And we see that with, with Pentecost, how Jesus started speaking and saying that He's going to send the Helper. He's going to send it. It was His Word. And then it become, they encountered God's truth. Right? There was, there was that revival that happened. And, and since this time, I mean, for a little while now, like, I've been, like I said, it's been on my heart heavy, just revival. And, and I started, like, looking back at different revivals and, and, and just... One to learn about him, you know? And I think, like, he, Pastor even talked last week about the time, you know, the time that we're in. Are we in the end times and stuff like that? But I think back at some of these, uh, some of these revivals, you know, the great, there's, there was four Great Awakenings revivals. And, and it's crazy, too, when I was studying this out, that a lot of revivals happened because the Holy Spirit was silenced and shut down. It was quenched, Right? And then somebody gets blasted from the Holy Spirit, gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit starts breaking out. And, it, and some of the revivals was over regions, and some of them were just over like a certain place uh, the, what, that people went to. Um, but there's four great awakenings, and the fourth one, like Billy Graham, this is just an example. Billy Graham was, uh, is notable for being one of the leads of, the, of that. Um, but then I think back of the... Other ones that I dug a little bit deeper with is the Welsh revival. It was in Wales, and it was from 1904 to 1905. The Azusa Street, 1906 to 1915. It was in Los Angeles. World War One was going on during that time. So we think about the, what's going on with us right now, you know what I mean? And then more recent ones, there's Toronto Blessings. There was... Uh, there are the Toronto Blessing up in Toronto. Uh, a lot of uh, that I feel like there's more, um, I'm fixing to speak about some generals, like uh, come out of there like um, that I listen to a bunch, that pastors have, have listened to. But, and then that also influenced the Brownville re- Revival, the Lake, Lakeland Revival down in Florida. There's a bunch of healings that broke out there. But it, with that, like it always stood out, of the generals, that's what I was just saying. There's, there's the one that got blasted. You know, John Wesley. Uh, I think that was the name, right? John Wesley with the Methodists. Yep. You know, he he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Left. That, that's how our denomination started happening. Like certain denominations started dampering the Holy Spirit. Boom! Somebody gets blasted. I mean, check it out. It's a history. It's really neat how it all come about. But I ain't got a whole lot of time to to talk about that. So. Um, but I start thinking about some of the other ones, and, and I love some of the ones that were during that time that I'm talking about with, with the Great Depression. We got Smith Wigglesworth. If you've heard me talk before, you've heard me talk about Smith Wigglesworth probably because he's, he's one of my guys that I love to read about. I mean, this guy, like, 
He was so content, so in tune with the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't, if, if you showed up to his house with a newspaper, he'd make you leave the newspaper outside because he said only the Word of God is allowed in my house because that's all he wanted. And he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that even he come down, the day he died, he come down all dressed up. And they said, what are you all dressed up for? And he says, the 10, I think it's 1040, the Lord's coming for me. So everybody's just watching. <laughs> He's sitting in his chair and at 1040, he kicks his head back and goes on to be with the Lord. You know what I mean? Like he was so in tune. And, and I just desired like, I, I love reading about guys like that because it's like, how, how was your heart? How, how did you seek him, you know? John G. Lake, he's another one. So Smith Wigglesworth, he was alive from 1859 all the way to uh, 1947. So he's seen World War I, the Great Depression, World War II, all of it. And all this stuff, like... I mean, massive healings, massive breakouts of the Holy Spirit with him at his, at his services and stuff like that were happening during those times. And I bet you during those times, they were wondering if we were hit, fixing it, being our end days. You know what I mean? And I ain't no end, end uh, time speaker, but I, I can tell you right now that we're a hundred years closer to the end times than we were back then. That's all I know about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then we got John G. Lake. He, he challenged them. There's a virus down in Africa. He was a missionary down in Africa. He said, the, uh, the blood of Jesus is so powerful on my life. He said, that virus will die in my palm. And they watched it. They, they had his hand under a microscope. They dropped the virus on his hand. And he said, in the name of Jesus, and that virus died. William Seymour, he was, a, he was a black man, and I say this only in, in the aspect of there was such segregation. He was, he was the leader of the Azusa Street. There was such segregation that it was divided, right? But in his meetings, whites and blacks worshipped together. There was nothing. The Holy Spirit brought such unity during that time, but in that time, that was not supposed to happen, right? Well, you think about the time that we're in right now, where we're so divided as a nation, we're so divided, even, even as a church anymore, after, after the coronavirus has, has happened, like, we're even divided as that. Are you a mass wearer or are you not? Do you believe in Jesus that he's going to save you, or do you got fear? Or do you, are you wearing, I ain't in fear, but I wear a mask. Well, you're divided. That's, that's, not even, that's not even what the Spirit of God wants, right? And then one that's dear to my heart. And you ain't get, if, you, if you look up the books, because some of it, like Smith, John, William, they're, they're in books. You can read about books, and they're titled God's Generals. But one that's near to my heart is, and he ain't going to be in a book that's, that's like that, but I believe that he was a general, and it's Glenn Smith. And he was the apostle of Cowboy Ministries. I mean, this is fruit of a, of a revival that happened in the Western culture. And he was a man that... Wanted Jesus to do whatever he wanted. I mean, we got books of him, uh, or his book, Apostle Cowboy, um, in the bookstore. If you ain't read it, grab it. Because that is the roots of this church. That's the heart, that's the heart of the church here. Like, that's the heart of pastors. Like, I mean, it's, there's so many cool stories in there. Like, Glenn was held at knife point, trying to tell him to quit ministering Jesus, you know. Sticks his finger in the gas tank when he ran out of gas. Stuck his finger in the gas tank and prayed that, and they made it. His car made it to the gas or the gas station. But one thing that I found with all of these guys, like, is that there was a willingness. See, there's a willingness just to let God be God. 
There's a willingness to accept everything that he gave. Let's look at Moses, because he's another general. And I just don't want to speak about just books that ain't in the Bible, so let's look at a general from one of God's generals in the Bible. So let's look at Moses here. Let's go to Exodus 19, verse 14. So in this time, just a quick little backstory on this time here. They're in the wilderness. The Israelites had already been let out of Egypt, so they've already been let out of the bondage, you know. And and they're at Mount Sinai. And God is preparing them. He, he's preparing the, telling Moses to go and prepare the people. Because he's going to come and talk to them. He's going to come down. Here in verse 14 it says, So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. And they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. It, its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. We're going to skip over here. Go ahead and skip to chapter 20. So this is God coming down the mountain, right? And as we go into it, I'm going to read all of chapter 20, but the beginning of chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. So how many of you guys thought that God just went ahead and just had Moses come up and initially wrote the Ten Commandments on stone, took them down, if, and then Moses broke the, stone, or the tablets, then he had to go back up again. But if you see here, this time, God is coming down the mountain to speak to the people, and to give the Ten Commandments to them directly. See, God has been so relentless ever since the fall of man. He's been so relentless trying to get back in relationship with man. He's been in hot pursuit for every single one of us. And can everybody say, God's got something to say. He wants to speak to you. Let's go here to verse 18. Chapter 20, verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin." So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near in the thick darkness where God was. See, the people were scared. The people was like, oh, no, that's too much for me. You know, for there's been a couple times in the last couple months that, that Pastor talks about, he talked about it last week, 
talked about that he's, he wants personal revival. Well, see, the people were saying, Moses, you go get the personal revival and bring it back to us. See, we as a church can't be like that. You hear me? We can't quench the spirit and say, no, nope, that's too much. Nope, God. You, you make people tremble. You make people think that we're weird. So, Pastor Darren, you go. You go and get your personal revival. Bring it back to us. See, we can't be a people that way, guys. See, Moses was willing. He was willing to go and have that. See, in Exodus 33:11, it says that God spoke with him face to face. How many of you guys desire that? I've been, I've been on my face just praying, God, I want to see you. And I'm not talking about like, I see God in my life, right? I, like we've seen miracle signs and wonders in our life. You know, I've seen, I've, I've felt him. I've, we got lit up. I got lit up in our basement one time. I've seen him, right? But what I'm talking about is I want to see him. I long to see his face. I long to be able to look in his eyes. And this is one of the neatest things that I heard this and I've been searching for it. But it, that can be translated as mouth to mouth. Because in the King James Version, in Numbers 12, 8, God is talking to Aaron and Miriam and Moses. And he explains to the two that he, when he's talking to Moses, that he spoke to him mouth to mouth. And there's that breath of life coming into us. See, when we, especially as men, we're like, mouth to mouth. That's weird. That's perverted. But see, God's ways are higher than our ways. And we got to get out of our own like cultural perversions because God wanted to be intimate with us, not in the perversion way that we think. But He wanted to speak to us mouth to mouth. He wants to breathe life into us. See, we can't be quenching the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says directly, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. See, and then as I was talking about the times that we're in and the Great Depression of that, of that time, but this in 2 Timothy 3, this is what God says that perilous times are. He says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to par- disobedient to parents, unthankful, holy, or unholy, I'm sorry, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. He says, and from such people turn away from. Do any of you guys want to be a church that's like that? Do any of you want to be one of a church that's like, we have a form of godliness? Let me tell you something. I was that way. That's when God showed me I was lukewarm. I had a form of godliness. I served in church. I did all that. But there was no power in my life. There was no... I mean, I, basically during the 17 years that I've been here, I backslid some just being real with y'all. I never denied the power of 
the Holy Spirit, but in my actions, I denied it because I never went to the altar to, to be mouth to mouth with him. You see, Jesus come to, for redemption, redemption of all things. So many times, Pastor talked about it last week, that so many times we're thinking, oh, if we could just get out of here, get that, you know, if the rapture could come, boy, and just zap us right out of here, it'd be a lot easier. See, we are created to be here. See, God created man to be on earth, right? If he just wanted man to be in heaven, he would have created him just to be in heaven and we would have never even come on earth. But see, he created man to be here, but he didn't intend for us to be apart from him. He wanted to walk in the cool of the day with us like he did Adam. He wanted to speak directly to him. He wanted to be mouth to mouth like he did with, uh, with Moses. And see, Jesus brings that about. Everything that we lost in the beginning, Jesus is the answer. Right? Because if not, Jesus wasn't enough, right? So what are we going to do? Are we going to try working to be better? Are we going to try helping Jesus out? So many times I've done that in my life. Hey, you can't handle this, Lord. Do you know what I mean? So let me help you out with that. That don't work out so well. You know what I'm saying? Like, but seriously, Jesus was enough, right? Everything that he come for. Let's turn to Luke 22. See, what I want to look at here is I want to look at two of the disciples. I want to look at Judas and Peter. I want, to, I want to kind of just compare them. Because they are both disciples, right? They both sat with them. They both was in the boat. When Peter got out on water, Judas, or Judas sat there and watched it. He was one of the twelve that was sent out. And Jesus said, I send you out giving you authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. So he had healed the sick. He had cast out demons. Both of them had. But yet we always look so frownly upon, upon Judas. But he was always... Right there in the middle of it through, through Jesus' life. They both ate at the Last Supper. See, and here in, in Luke 22, it, we go into even, there's so much content here in, in Luke 22. So I'm going to bounce around, and it's going to be up on the screen, but it's, we're going to stay in chapter 22. We're just going to bounce from verse to verse, though, um, just because there's so much content. I read slow, so we'd be here if you guys want to eat lunch today. If you want me to read the whole thing, I will, but you might just want to just make reservations for dinner tonight. So, but, so anyways, we'll start here in verse 1 on, on Luke 22. It says, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Is- Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him, speaking of Jesus, to them in the absence of the multitude. So if you guys don't know the story, because I know there's a lot of new people, Judas 
went to him to, and was paid, I think it's 30 shekels, to betray Jesus, to, to give Jesus up, to give his spot away, which we'll read about here in just a second. But he was the one that was, was the betrayer, okay? So let's skip here to verse 31, because now we're going to look at Peter. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. See, see, Peter was big about rebuking Jesus. If you read a couple times, he's like, no, Jesus, you don't know what you're saying. He said, I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to go to death with you, like whatever it takes. Like nobody's going to hurt you. I'm not going to turn away from you. He says, then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny, deny three times that you know me. So we got the two disciples, right? Both being told that they're going to sin against Jesus. And we're fixing to read that they actually did it. That Jesus knew what he was talking about. Surprise, surprise, right? But I remind you that both of them were the ones who sat with him the whole time. So let's look at verse 47. And while he was still speaking... Behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? So there you have it. Judas did betray him, right? See, and there's all kinds of talk. Me and Pastor talked about this this week. There's all kinds of talk that Judas went to hell, right? Because of this and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But there's also scriptures that's not that way. Bunch of theology debates out there, you know? Let's look at Peter in 54. Watch him fulfill what Jesus said. It says, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while another saw him and said, You also are, are of them. But Peter said, Ma'am, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. 62 goes on and says, So Peter went out and wept bitterly. So is that why people think that Judas didn't 
go to heaven and he went to hell because he sinned and didn't, you know. But Peter wept. Because in Matthew 10.33, no, nope, that's a different one. Uh, Matthew 27, sorry, 27.3 through 5. Judas runs back to the, to the people and throws the, the money back at him when he realizes that he was condemned. And it says, the scripture says that he was remorseful. What is remorseful? He was sorry, right? So we got two, two people. We got both of them, both of them sinned. What's worse, betrayal or, or denying? I know one scripture says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. So what's worse? See, to me, I think that one of the greatest, uh, greatest books that wasn't ever written was the book of Judas. You because you could have imagined the love that was in that book. Could you imagine? The one who betrayed Jesus was forgiven. He writes about that forgiveness. He writes about basically everything that Jesus did. Like what sin is worse? And we, we as people, we start saying, oh, that sin's worse. You see that guy over there? God, I'm good right here. I just thought of this. Pastor, who's that uh, pastor in Israel? That come and spoke. Who? Yeah, Richard Frieden. He come and ministered one time. He said, where can you find the greatest resources in this world? He said, you can find it in a cemetery. So those resources that were never used. Because in that cemetery lies pastors who was never pastors. Who never stepped into it. Because whatever reason, they never accepted the fullness of what God wanted. There's prophets in that, in that cemetery that never accepted the fullness. Prophets, got, you know, prophets get weird. They hear from God, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and they never would accept that, right? There's disciples that never become disciples because they never would let him be who he is. See, there's, there's two differences that happened here. See, Judas went and hung himself. And they don't say in Scripture that, that he held that and said, my sin is too great or anything like that. But I can't help but to think that how remorseful his heart was that he just could not bear it any longer. And that's why like, he couldn't bear the fact that he was the one who did that. And so he went and hung himself instead of what Peter did when Mary Magdalene said that the, that the Christ is risen, Peter went running. He had sinned, but he went running to Jesus. He said, I need my Lord. I need to see this. Not, not, he didn't say that. I'm speaking like, those are my words. Like, he, like how, how else would you relate that? I mean, he went running. Where Judas says, I'm remorseful. I'm so sorry. Like, he didn't verbally say it, but his heart's saying, I'm so sorry. And I say that because there's a bunch of theological stuff. And I don't, if you want to theologically debate with me about it, I'm not in for it. So, but um, just being real. Because um, it's not, so there's nothing scripture there. So it says his, he's remorseful. So his heart's there. So he goes and hangs himself. Instead of saying, Jesus' Jesus's blood was, was great enough for my sin. 
Cursed. Where are you running off to? I need you. I need you and Elijah. Oh. She, she gets up right at the moment that I was just going to look down and have her come up. So I'm going to have these two come up here, and they're going to play a song here. But so this is, this is my heart for you. Don't be a Judas. And before today, you might have said, if I told you that, you might have said, yeah, don't be a Judas, like, uh, don't betray him. But what I'm saying is, don't be a Judas in the aspect of saying, God, that's, that's, a, that's a department in my heart that you can't touch. I'm okay with this sin, God. I'm okay. Or, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been in my life. Jesus, like, Jesus wouldn't want me. Don't be a Judas. This sickness, this disease, whatever, it's, it's too great. Or, or here's one for you. The common ones. Diabetes, everything. Well, we got medicine that we can maintain, though, so we ain't got to go to Jesus for him. He didn't die for that stuff anyways. Right? See, we got to let Jesus be Jesus. And we got to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and do whatever he wants to do. We shouldn't be the one depicting what he can and can't do. We shouldn't be closing off different areas in our heart and saying, God, you don't know how I felt because they treated me that way. And he's saying, I need that. I need in that room right now. I need that unforgiveness out of your heart. You're saying, no. Because you don't know how it feels, God. I love the fact that when people start talking about how they were rejected. How they justify their, their reasoning of everything. Don't you think that Jesus should have been justified of how, like, why should he have done that? Like, shouldn't he have been justified to look down at all of us and say, hey, you guys are on your own. I'm not getting beat like that. Uh-uh. I ain't going to get spit in my face, like, especially after how I know how I've treated him at times, you know? So this song is called Revive Me. And as this song's playing, I, go, I just want you guys just to close your eyes and just, and just to... You guys already might know a spot. You already might know something that's in your life that, that you're just holding back from God and just not letting Him have the fullness of you. I want you guys just to close your eyes, listen to this song, and just give it up to Him. Just let Him seek your heart. Go ahead, guys.
you some. So if you're on Facebook Live and you want corporate prayer, if, you're, if it's not too personal and you want prayer for it, we want to include you guys with that. And so if you would put it on the, what do you call it, put it on the comments or whatever we have, we have a, a lady here that's going to write it down and we want to pray with you. But as they're doing that, I just want, I just want to speak to y'all just real quick. Some of you might be thinking, I've never been revived the first time. I've never said, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. See, the Bible says that we must be born again. See, and when that happens, it's so awesome because we get a DNA from Him. We get born again from heaven. We get DNA where you become sons and daughters. He says, confess me before, confess me that I am Lord and you'll be saved. So if that is you, if you've never accepted Him as, as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that today, please stand up. We ain't doing the head bowed, the eyes closed, because I don't want you to go out... I said this before, I become, I become, at work, I become a Christian when the eyes were closed and the heads were bowed. And I don't want you to think that you can go outside this church and, and this is a safe place. Get comfortable standing up and saying, I want Jesus. So if that's you, that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's the most important decision of your life, please stand up. Second thing I want to say 
is if you have and you've backslidden like I've talked briefly about that I've done and you're saying God revive me I see you if, if you're one to be revived if, you're, if you backslid and you're saying God I want to run back to you just like Judas and Peter they had sat with him before but yet they sinned they fell short But yet, Peter run to him. So if that's you, please stand up. Yep, yep. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we just exalt you, we glorify you. We thank you, Father, for for your love and your forgiveness. That even that even in the sins of denying, even in the sins of turning away, your heart is still there. You are so relentless for us. Jesus, we love you. I just pray over these people that stood, Father God. Father, that they'd be protected in this time. Father God, that you'd just love them, that they'd feel that they'd encounter your Holy Spirit in a way that they've never encountered them before. Holy Spirit, come. Got anything? Yeah, they're coming. Okay. We just keep praising you, Jesus. You're so good. Don't be a Judas. Don't leave today without running, without before running to Him. So I want everybody just to reach your hand back towards the the video because we're going to pray over Facebook Live. So right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for a restoration of a son. Father, we pray, Lord, that he would just return to his family, that he would return to you most of all. Father, that he would hear your voice, that that you'd be speaking to him in ways that he's never even heard before. That it would be without a doubt that he knows that you, the ultimate father, is calling him to be a son. That he ain't an orphan no more. That he would then return to his family as well, Father God. That he would just love up back on his family. That the, that the family would just be open-armed. That every single person in that family would be open-armed. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for discipline. We pray, pray for stability, Father. Father, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be, would be guiding the footsteps of discipline. Father, that there would be comfort and, and strength for stability, Father. We pray that Brandy would come back home, Father God, that she would be, that she'd be whole, that she, everything would be, um, 
100% restored, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father. That there's just new life, Father God, over, over her life. Father, that there just be an abundance of open green pastures, Father. Just That she'd just be walking in, Father God, with her family. That there'd be healing of the body. And right now, if that's you at home, if there's a, if there's a child, if there's, if there's your spouse or whatever, have them lay hands on you right now. I, have a, I had a headache one time. I said, man, I got a headache. Like five minutes later, my three-year-old raises over, lays her hand on me. Name of Jesus, no headaches. So right now, we just pray in the name of Jesus that, the, that your body would be healed, would be restored. That everything would be made new. That there would be a returning of youth in the joints. And we just thank you for it, Father. Complete clarity in these times, Father God, that your Holy Spirit is just walking and in, in, in guiding us through these times. And the last thing, just restoration. Continued restoration. Father, we just thank you for the people of Facebook Live. Father, we just pray, Lord, that your presence, that your Holy Spirit is in the houses or in the, in the cars, wherever they're at watching, Father. That you just bless them. Your Holy Spirit would engulf them. There'd there, there be fireballs from heaven dropping right now in the name of Jesus, just lighting them up, Father. And Father, we just thank you. We're just going to go ahead and shut Facebook Live off, just because just, uh, there's going to be more ministry time, but it's just, we're, we're wrapping everything up. So we thank you guys. We love you guys. Uh, come back, come Wednesday for uh, Table Talk, and then come back next week. Love y'all.